0: to Season 2 of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. If you haven't already, go check out my new website. You can view the latest episode, fan favorites, and even submit a question to future guests. You can visit the website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. You can also find the link in the show notes. The song you just heard is Oh Sherry by Steve Perry. And it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Brent Jennings. I would best describe Coach Jennings as fine wine because he seems to just get better with age. Coach Jennings just finished up his 26th season as the head coach of the Osage wrestling program. And you might just say this was his best year yet. Just this past year alone, Coach Jennings won the prestigious Battle of Waterloo and both the state duels and traditional state tournament. He also collected his 500th career dual victory. Coach Jennings won't admit it, but he's one of the best coaches in the state. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Coach Brent Jennings. Yeah, you're uh, originally from what, Clorinda? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, when I read that, I was like, you know, one of the things that popped in my head, obviously, was how did you end up in Osage?
1: (laughs) I got (laughs) a... Got a degree in education and the job came open. So <laughs> I applied. So <laughs> <laughs> where'd you get your degree from? Northwest Missouri is where I graduated. Oh, okay. Yeah, down in Maryville. So mm-hmm. I was actually living in Florinda and coaching in Florinda at that time. So it's about a thirty mile drive to Maryville. So just commuted back and forth. So at that point in time.
0: And you just ended up in Osage and i have been there ever since, huh?
1: I have. So <laughs> held at home and raised our kids here and it's been good.
0: Yeah. Good. I mean, I, I was thinking, you know, I talked to my uncle Chet a couple of weeks ago and, you know, it made me think about you as well. Like I'm sure there's other opportunities like collegiately that may have came up or, um, you know, jobs that may have tried to pull you away. What, what, what made you stay here? Um,
1: when your kids are going through school and they're abused, they don't, they're not really necessarily looking, obviously they got their friends. They're not anxious to go anywhere. So Mm-hmm. Um, wife, wife had a good job since we were here. So it just kind of became a easy place to stay. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, college really today's day and age, there's a possibility maybe in some smaller schools, but realistically, those, those coaches and most of the bigger schools have come through some type of college program and have had some success, uh, themselves athletically. And it seems to be, that's the, that's the way it's been for the last several, you know, many years. So. True. True. Yeah.
0: I just figure, you know, the sometimes, you know, you can't argue with success, you know, just because someone's had success on the mat doesn't mean they're going to have a success of the coach. And obviously your track record as a coach is just, you know, it's hard to match. So.
1: Yeah. Um, well, part of that's community too, parents yeah. community, and, and people willing to support the program. It, it, it definitely isn't all me. So. Yeah. Again, I'm in the right place and people support support wrestling here in Osage obviously and and uh it's it's been a good fit for us. So,
0: yeah, how um how have you been able to sustain success when you have I don't want to say you've had a rotating door of of assistant coaches, but you've had them like kind of come and go, you know? Yeah. But, but how have you been able to keep the success
1: up? Um, isn't any program the reality? Is is well, any small school you, you're going to have hills and valleys, right? You're going to have good mm-hmm. years, you're going to have bad years, you, you're going to have a a string of good years, and then you might have a few bad ones. But um, the key is just making sure that your kid's program is strong, and you've yeah. got you're always promoting, you're always recruiting, and and um, you know you, you you keep a positive outlook, you find good help, you know that's a that's a big part of it. Um, right now, our success, um, you know, I may may be the head coach, but we got nine assistant coaches that are wow. all pointed in the right direction. We're all on the same page, and and that makes a big difference because uh, I'm not going to connect with every kid, right? So mm. I need somebody within the program to connect to. So it may not be me that uh, sees eye-to-eye eye with that kid. It may be somebody else. So, Wow, nine assistant coaches? Yeah, it looks like eight or nine wow. probably this year, yeah. Wow. On how you, look how we divide them with the girls and what have you. So
0: yeah, true. How how's that program coming along?
1: Oh, it's good. We're yeah. actually right now we're sitting at thirty-four girls wow. in high school, wow. sixteen in middle school. So we're we're good. I don't know whether we'll keep all them. Hopefully, first week <laughs> we have. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's something new for some of them. But we had twenty. 22 last year, I think. And we only had one senior out of that bunch. So wow. all those girls back. Um, so, but, um, our boys are sitting at about 45, 46 kids in high school right now. So we've got, got good numbers. Um, you know, we're not, a, we're not really a big school. We're, we're not, I and mean, we're supposed to be one a this year where we'd mm-hmm. be the largest school in one a we we've opted up into two a again, That's the same thing we did in 2020 um so we've stayed in 2a
0: yeah a couple questions off of that um because i i did read that you you push to keep you osage in 2a um but my my first question before that is uh why do you have so good numbers like why does osage like what why do you guys just love wrestling so much and get numbers
1: yeah um Again, I still think right now it's attributed to the the coaches that we have that are recruiting and the families. Um, we we don't always have forty six kids. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. So, yeah. um, you know, my lowest my lowest point probably six seven years ago. I think we were at twenty two kids. You know that, but but again, that was the lowest point. We've never fell below that. And normally, our normal numbers are somewhere between twenty eight to thirty five kids. Um, right now we just had back-to-back classes with, with good athletes and, uh, and good support and good kids programs. So we keep kids involved and keep them coming. it's, it's, it's tough in today's day and age to keep kids, um, interested, especially when, uh, they may not, you know, you got 46 kids, there's only 14 of them going to be in your starting lineup Mm -hmm. and the kids, a sophomore, a junior, and, and a lot of them, they want they want to be in that lineup. If they're not, then it's not worth going out. So we've really got to preach waiting your turn and and uh, trying to uh, give those kids opportunities to be challenged as well, even though they're on the JV, mm-hmm. which can be tough today because there's a lot of teams that don't have a lot of JV kids, and so some of those meets it's tough to find matches for those kids, and especially competitive matches.
0: So, yeah. And that my last question on that was why do you push so hard to stay in two A? Like, you know, I read that in 2020 you were supposed to be in 1A, just like you are this year. And but you um were the reason why, like, who'd you talk to and why was it so important to you to stay two A?
1: I don't know if it was <laughs> like really important. I I I think at that point, I thought it just gave us the best opportunity and my kids the best opportunity. Um to finish finish higher in my my book team wise. Mm-hmm. And obviously it turned out pretty well. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, and Bosco and Lisbon that year, they had some really tough squads in one A, along with some other one A schools. And and I just felt that it gave our kids ha- having that we've been two A historically every year, never been in one A. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, never been in one A. So Impressive. Impressive. Yeah. So we we decided to stay there. Um, this time around, I'm not sure it would have mattered um, a whole lot whether we were in 1A, 2A this coming year. Um, we have a pretty dominant squad coming back. With We didn't lose anybody off last year's team and seven, seven state place winners last year. So um, we get all those kids back. So um, I don't know. I just – we just decided to stay in 2A this year just because, I guess um, – and uh, you know, when I look at some of the individual weights, I, I think maybe it gives some of our kids better opportunities at different weights to win individual titles this year, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So, how how
0: do you like? How does that work to keep the two A when it's like? Well, you're like I guess I figure from the outside it's cut and dry. It's if your enrollment
1: is below this or if your numbers are below this, you're one A. You know, like how do you? Um, the state has a the state has a rule that. Allows anybody in any sport to move up in classes. Wow! You can go up, you can't go down, obviously, but you can go. You can opt up, and this has been done in other sports mm-hmm. quite a bit. I don't know that it had been done in wrestling much until here recently, but I know there's a couple schools. There's, there's. I know c uh, Rapids Xavier is staying there. They would be a two A school this year. They're going back to three A. Oh, okay. Uh, well, there's there's a couple of schools in that boat now that have done that. Emmitsburg did it the same year we did it. Um didn't pan out as well for them as it did for us, but but um yeah, they had opted up uh the same year we did. And uh so we're we're not the only ones to do it, mm-hmm. but but uh we've had teams to be able to at least compete in the two A and and uh compete at that high level. So
0: yeah, and obviously it's uh you know it's a decision that you think about. It's not something where you just look at the numbers and go, all right, well, this is what we're going to do because we <laughs> want, you know, like Xavier's yeah. always been three, a, you know, yeah. and to your point, other schools and other sports are doing it. So it's not totally unusual. Just, just something I thought I, I never, I don't hear a lot of, so I thought I would just kind of see what goes into it. So, yeah. um, you mentioned you won the, um, 2020 title, um, you know, I was thinking that was that sort of bittersweet because you're obviously happy for your kids that won the title. However, you were close so many other times that you you just couldn't help but think about, you know, those other teams and those other kids that were so close that didn't quite get the job done, you know. So was it kind of bittersweet in a way?
1: Um, I don't know. Not really. Um, we enjoyed the moment. That, that's the same thing. Even in those years we were close, I try to stress to kids, hey, you don't get to relive this. You know, you don't you don't get a you don't get a do over. So you need to enjoy what you've accomplished and and what you've done here because it's it's pretty special to get a trophy, no matter what color. A eh, and and uh, enjoy those successes with your teammates instead of moping about it or or you know not not getting maybe the top spot. It, it is what it is. You you, uh, you try to get them to enjoy that. They they're not going to get to relive it any other way. So um, make the most of each each year
0: how do you enjoy it when you know obviously you can say that to the kids you know and try to but, but who motivates you or tells you to enjoy it when you know obviously you're you're hurting and wanting that first place team trophy too
1: yeah um, at the end of the day i hate to say this on a wrestling podcast <laughs> but at the end of the day it's just wrestling <laughs> yeah my life this is mm-hmm. this is uh this is us a, a good way to teach young people how to handle defeat, how to handle, you know, rocky roads and and uh, be able to get up and dust themselves off and move forward. And if, if I can't do that as a coach, then, uh, you know, what, what kind of example am I setting? So, um, again, I, you know, I'm proud of our kids and what they accomplish regardless. As long as they put their best foot forward and they're giving me 100% and they're, they're fighting for their teammates, then the chips will fall where they may and we we get up and do it again, so
0: yeah and you know you you say you're proud of the kids you know um one thing that i like to do here lately when i talk to somebody such as yourself who's been in the sport for so much for so long and had so many accolades have you have you been able to be proud of yourself for the accomplishments that you've achieved and look back Um, and go wow you know i've i've done some great things for the sport
1: um i i yeah i mean i'm I'm happy with where I'm at and what I've, what I've, uh, helped, helped, uh, both Osage and the state of Iowa do on a freestyle Greco level and some oh. of the stuff in the summer and all that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's basically because it's, uh, it's rewarding to me to watch mm-hmm. kids have success and be able to know that I'm playing a part in that and, and working with them. So that's probably the most rewarding part. Um, yeah we all want to win everybody wants to, i want my kids to win obviously i'm a competitive guy I, I don't like uh don't like taking a back seat um but at the end of the day again if if i give my best and i expect them to give their best then um we'll take what comes and and uh, i'm i'm happy with where i'm at and what i've done so
0: so that uh leads me to a follow up question then uh what what keeps your what keeps you going? What keeps your fire lit
1: after all these years? Um, you know, there's a lot of times over the 28 years I this year 28 for me in OSAID. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of times when it would have been easy for me to say I'm done and walk away, or you know, it's it hasn't always been easy. <laughs> tell you, coaching's a tough gig. No matter what sport it is, it's a tough gig. Um, but it's hard to walk away from kids that you've worked with for many years. And the problem at some point in time, I'm going to have to walk away regardless. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you have kids that you've, you've worked with since say we're in kindergarten and you continue to work with those kids, you build connections and, and you hate to turn your back and say, I'm going to, I'm going to be done. Um, when those kids are, are needing help just as much as the kids you've had the previous 20 years. So, um, but at some point that time will come and, It'll be time for me to hang up my shoes and call it a day, but uh, we're not there yet. uh, We're getting closer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you you kind of just alluded to some like, you know, another question I had. So you, obviously we face adversity as athletes, you know, um, but you just kind of mentioned that as a coach, you face adversity. And I feel like sometimes we don't talk about that enough, you know? So how do you as a coach overcome adversity or who do you go to when you're feeling adversity, because obviously you're coaching your kids, you're telling them, giving them advice. Yeah, who helps you and who
1: how do um, you get through adversity? I have a lot of people I lean on or I've leaned on over the years. Um, you know, I've got a high school coach myself that that uh, I looked up to a lot coming through where I probably wouldn't be doing what I am today. Um, I'll, I don't hesitate to call him um i i have administrators a lot of our administrators here at osage uh over the last several years have wrestling background and and it's not so much the issue you know you're not talking about necessarily wrestling issues you're talking about parent and program issues you know it tends to be the the uh you know the underlying cause to a lot of our problems and (laughs) parents love their kids you know you, you they want what's best for their kids and i understand that um And so, but we don't necessarily look through things through the same set of glasses, Mm -hmm. right. When we're, when we're making decisions and what have you. But uh, for me, I lean on a lot of people. Uh, My assistants right now are I've, I've got some top notch guys. Um, I don't know that I would be doing what I'm doing right now if I didn't have the the guys that I'm surrounded with today. Um, it would be, you know, as we get older, it gets a little tougher, but mm-hmm. um, but I've got some really good people in the room that, that want what's best for kids and, and we're on the same page and it makes a big difference. So,
0: yeah. How did you separate, you know, coach from parent when your kids were coming through, you know, cause then you're talking about looking through the state, you know, the glasses, yeah. you know, so um, you kind of had to like switch glasses,
2: you yeah. know,
1: you try not to bring it home, but that, that really doesn't hit. People like to say that, but that didn't really happen. Um, I like to think that I'm pretty level-headed and and whatever else, and a lot of that. Um, I was at odds with my kids several times over decisions they were making, but at the end of the day, they got to make their own decisions um, and uh, come to a reality. Um, those years weren't very easy for me as a coach and parent, probably not so much because of my own kids, probably more because of maybe some of the outside um, observations or what people thought they were seeing, I guess, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, me being a dad to my own kids. Um, So, and and I didn't have a lot of help uh, assistance that I do now, you know, when they were coming through. So um, it really is nice if, if in a program, you got an assistant that you can say, hey, you're you're gonna take my two kids and coach mm-hmm. them, and I'm gonna I'm gonna work with these kids and and but at that point in time I didn't have necessarily all the guys I have now that uh, have the experience and the expertise that that my kids looked up to to the point that they would listen to what they had to say. So um, a lot of it had to come from me. Mm-hmm. That makes things challenging as a, as a dad trying to do both. And uh, they uh, I still usually I was a lot smarter come February than I was in December and January. <laughs> um,
2: that's, all that's of a sudden
1: how- it was like what were you talking about back in December that I needed to change, you know, whatever <laughs> hard-headed and all of a sudden when, when things start getting important then then all of a sudden what I had to say was a little more important. So.
0: <laughs> how did you keep I mean was it more is it more nervous when you're watching, you know, your your child compete? versus like somebody else you know
1: yeah you you can't help help that um the only i mean my two boys for it my two boys were good enough that a lot of their matches i was worried less for them probably than others because they were good enough that they were going to go out and get things done um but probably in the big matches especially mm-hmm. probably when they were a little younger um in those tough matches i'm sure i'm get pretty excited. But I get pretty excited even for, mm-hmm. for other kids. You know, I, I, um, I'm pretty close with a lot of our kids, I think, and, and, um, pretty excited for them when they get things done. So it's, um, mm. it, it's, it was tough from time to time, but, but, uh, we got through it, luckily. So yeah, yeah. They don't, they don't hate me today. They still call me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's good. That's good. Yeah. I uh um one of the kids that you know that I was able to talk to. I sent you a picture of him, Spencer Muberry. Yeah, you know he's down here and they wrestled and talked to him for a few minutes and um he says hey and everything. So mm-hmm. you know it's cool to see that kind of sprinkled throughout. You know, is that is that pretty unique as a coach when you kind of uh, Look over the landscape, and you kind of see an Osage kid here, and here, and here, and here, and you know you've kind of had a hand in them.
1: It, it it's fun to know that they have taken something that you've been part of, and they continue to move on. and And college wrestling is a tough, oh, it's yeah. a tough gig. It's it's really tough, and I don't care whether you're a D three kid or D one kid. It's it's just time consuming. It's a lot to handle. Um, mm-hmm. And so, if those kids, it's important enough for them to put in the time and effort to wrestle in college and do what's required of them. Um it's pretty cool for me as a coach, you know, that I I uh, had a hand in getting them to that point. Mm-hmm.
2: And uh,
1: you know, I know they they uh Spencer's a pretty special kid. He's pretty pretty good young man. He's he's uh he was a big important part of our teams the last few years and and more sometimes more than you know, he won a state title, a state runner up those points are important, but I want to say more as a leader. Um, you know, keeping the team fired up. He was that he was that guy that uh, was kind of the center of the nucleus of, of keeping kids pointed in the right direction and attitude is good. And and he always was that kid that, you know, you seen me the other day, he's pretty smiley, pretty happy <laughs> kid, right? Oh, no yeah. yeah. What,
0: you know? mm-hmm. And so
1: he was that way in practice room and get kids fired up. And he always worked hard. So um, he, he uh, hopefully will get some big things done at North Dakota before he's done. So.
0: Yeah, he was extra smiley after they knocked off Nebraska. So he was in a pretty good mood. <laughs> yeah, I bet he
2: was. <laughs>
0: um, how would you describe your coaching style? You know, I'm kind of trying to get a feel for you. You seem pretty, pretty even keel, you know, but is there like a switch, like wrestlers or athletes, you know, when the mat lights turn on, you know, they kind of flip the switch? Do you have that too when you're coaching or?
1: Um, when I sit in a chair, generally, I'm going to tell you, I'm pretty pretty quiet most of the time and and um i would say if you're a coach that yells all the time kids don't know what to actually listen to what to filter out what's important so i try to make sure what i have to say is far and few between and, and what i'm saying is important to get them to to win their match um from a Matt side and i spent 23 years in the in the military as well between national guard and the, the active army and, and, uh, was an army officer. So, um, I think I have a little bit maybe of that pretty structured style and practice and, and things are pretty rigid that way. Um, with a little bit of flexibility here and there, but for the most part, we're, we're trying to make sure that we accomplish something every day. And, and, uh, th- those things are laid out for kids to, um, so they know what they got to get done or what they need to do. Um, so, um I uh like I said, I'm intense at times. There's no question I'm intense at mm-hmm. times, but but a lot of times I, I don't say too too much unless I think I need to.
0: So mm-hmm. you leave that up to your
1: assistants. Uh, <laughs> the, the,
2: the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, I want to hit the rewind button here. Um, because obviously a lot of people know you as a coach, but what about your wrestling background? You know, kind of like, where did it all start for you? Why did it all
1: start for you? You know, yeah. um, being from Clorinda, it was a Clorinda didn't start wrestling till late 70s. So it was pretty much in its infancy stages um, when I was there. But Coach Paul Honold was there. He was a new coach when I was in fourth or fifth grade. And he was trying to get a kids' program up and started, just like everybody does when mm-hmm. a program's struggling and uh but he he did he did a did a great job um got a lot of us out you know we had six state qualifiers, my senior year wow um but uh realistically, I was only the second person to place in the state tournament from Clada in that line, and then first finalist so you know, it was a pretty young program, but, uh, it was something I enjoyed doing. I wrestled a lot in the summer. Um, I wasn't very big, so it was something I could do and have some success at that maybe I wouldn't, wasn't going to be a football player or, or whatever, but, um, you know, it gave me an out and I got to do quite a bit through the sport of wrestling through high school. And, uh, and, uh, so I went to college at Iowa central for a year and then joined the army for three and, And then I got out and I actually got into coaching right away when I got out of the Army. So I was going to college at Northwest Missouri and coaching at Clorinda. And uh, coached four years at Clorinda there. We won a state title as a team in 94. Um, So that kind of helped set things or move things forward for me. And once I finally graduated my teaching degree, I started looking for jobs. I ended up in Corden, Iowa um, for a year and a half down at Wayne, uh, Wayne high school. And then, um, and then applied for a job here at Osage and they were silly enough to give it to me. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what do you teach? You teach shop? Yeah. I'm an industrial
1: arts teacher. Industrial
0: yeah. arts. Yeah. Um, gosh, that seems to be some schools. I had it in high school. So yeah. had it. I don't, I, I assume they still have it. Um, but, uh, some schools don't have it at all.
1: Yeah, it's it's still required in Iowa to teach some form of uh, industrial or CTE. They have to meet some components of it. Uh-huh. But I would say most schools in Iowa have it. It's 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 uh um, or they would have to have some way to allow kids to to get those courses with a neighboring school district or something. But uh-huh. um, yeah, yeah, it's hard to find teachers. You and is the only one that's. That uh, has that program in the state of Iowa, so um, wow. you know, you only get so many come out every year, yeah, with that degree, so so it's tough to fill those slots.
0: What do you What do you teach your your students to do? We had um, to make a CO two car.
1: I yeah, I do that a little bit with middle school kids sometimes. Um, we do. I do building trades, so I do all the stuff that deals with construction, I anything mean, from concrete to framing to drywall to electrical whatever else so try to teach those skills we do some woodworking stuff you know work with machinery but um, cnc uh, we have a laser cnc uh, so we do some things with computers as well so Hmm. uh, so a lot of variety i guess yeah that's
0: probably nice You know, in teaching positions, a lot of variety has to be nice. Yeah, I
1: I couldn't sit in a classroom. That wouldn't happen. So (laughs) I'd have been done teaching a long time ago, teaching English or math.
0: What did you major in then down at Northwest Minnesota State? Missouri
1: State, excuse me. Industrial Tech Education. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I was the last one to graduate with that degree. Really? Yeah. As soon as I moved there, they canceled the program. They gave us... They gave us a year and a half to have all of our classes. So I had to cram all my classes oh. for that program. So I had to go back and take gen ed courses after that. Right. So no normally kidding. Take those at the end, but, you know, but we flip flopped them. So, uh, but uh, no, they got rid of that program at that point in time.
0: Wow. So, yeah. And then you were coaching at the same time. That had to be, that'd be difficult. Cause how old were you when you were doing that?
1: Uh, I was 20 three 24 years old probably at that time it it wasn't too bad you know working a job i was married and had kids at that time already too so um you know i was i was i worked with those last two years i was there was mike marino and i worked together he was the head coach there that they had hired and so um um you know and those kids that we were that i was working with at that time at clorinda were the same kids that were fourth fifth and sixth graders when i was in high school and I, I worked with all those kids in the spring and summer as a high school kid, I ran the freestyle practices for all those kids in the spring and summer. So I was pretty familiar with the, with the kids. So.
0: Really? So even in high school, you were running practices?
1: Yeah. I enjoyed wow. the sport enough, that, <laughs> you know, and they, that was an easy way we had some mats downtown. So we ran practices a couple of nights a week for those same kids and, and, uh, you know, we had, we had 20, 25 kids show up all spring and a lot of the same kids that were part of that 94 state championship team. And the few years before that, Florida was pretty good too. So,
0: wow. Yeah. Wow. So you've been coaching longer than like probably Uh, 35 years. years? Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's count them. those that 30, 35 years. Yeah. So, you know, um, how have you been able, you know, this might be an easy question, but uh, how have you been able to change over the years? Like you you alluded to earlier that it's sports changed. The kids have changed. Yeah. Like, when have you, you know, it's hard for people to change. So when have you been like, you know, I need to change. <laughs>
1: um, I've taken a lot of coaching classes over the years. I don't, I think we can always learn. You know, I took one this summer too. Um. think we can always learn new things we can always you know self-evaluate and look look at ourselves and and see what needs to adjustments you need to make um kids have changed a lot over and and people say that as they get older so sometimes (laughs) they don't know but um there's there's some changes in kids Some, some of it's i look at that as a plus for us because we can give kids maybe some of those things that they wouldn't get otherwise that they can use as they become productive adults and you know, sport of wrestling stuff, life stuff, you know, you've you got to try to encourage kids and realize that it's not always going to be easy. It's, you know, things are going to get rough and you just got to stick with it and good things will happen. Um, so I just think got to adapt, got to adapt to the kids and, and then sometimes It'll be a little more. I, I would say, I want to say, a little more softer today. Um, but maybe I ease into the season a little bit more, so that I don't lose kids and get them hooked, and then and then we pick up the pace maybe a little bit. Time mm-hmm. we hit January and February. Um, but uh, you know, I, I yeah, I've learned. I've learned from mistakes. We all we all make make mistakes. I've made mm-hmm. a lot of mistakes over the years, and the key is that you learn from it. And, try to try to fix it next time so
0: mm-hmm. do you um do you talk to other coaches like uh, from other sports and try to take um i forget i think i was talking to rick caldwell and he was like i talked to every coach swimming diving tennis whatever you know how do you peak your athletes how do you do this like is that something that you've found helpful over yeah the
1: years? i've talked to i do i probably talk to other wrestling coaches more than than i do obviously other sports but yeah but um, but yeah, I, I've got. I found over the years, you coach this long. Some of your best friends are the people that you compete with, <laughs> um, <laughs> like Chet and like Dave <laughs> Williams and Charles City, and I are are uh, the best of friends, and we we banter back and forth constantly, and hang out and whatever else. But um, um, yeah, we we uh, bounce things off each other quite a bit. Um, you know, I I don't know. I I just think you can learn a lot from a lot of different people. I coached, I coached girls cross country for 18 years and track no kidding track for 12. And, and, I learned a lot even from that, even the difference between coaching girls and guys and, and some of those aspects. And we had some, had some pretty good teams, um, you know, placed top forward state tournament a couple of years and, and whatever else in girls cross country. And, and I had some really good athletes there as well. So, um, A lot of fun and it's definitely different coaching girls and guys Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which you know it's it's not totally different but it's uh the approach if you want to have success at a high level the approach has to be a little different but Mm -hmm. and that's something i learned more so coming in a coaching taking coaching classes and somebody said, Hey, you need to think about this, this, and this, and, and things that, had, you know, I tried to coach them like wrestlers when I first got into cross country, and like, that didn't work at all. I can beat my head on the wall trying to figure out what I was doing wrong. Well, you know, you, just, you gotta, you gotta learn, gotta ask. So,
0: Where do you take your coaching classes at?
1: Um, I've, uh, I took one through Drake this summer. Um, cool. it's actually the wrestling course that was available. That's new. Um, it was very good. Um, a lot of that's self-evaluation and 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 but you listen to a lot of speakers and whatever, it's an online course. Um, I did some stuff that was uh generic coaching classes, not wrestling specific, uh, that was through morningside um okay. several years several years ago. And uh, you know, obviously as a teacher, you gotta have a certain number of credits every five or six years to keep your licensure up, so you get to pick. So um tough to find in industrial arts Mm -hmm. we get courses so coaching is an easy one so uh, and in those in those classes with the morningside ones where we attended you're attending with a lot of coaches from a lot of different sports so there's a good opportunity to bounce things off those guys and see what they're doing and and what's different
0: so Mm -hmm. what what made you decide to do cross-country
1: um i ran cross-country in high school Ah, oh cool okay there was an opening (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) i needed a coach So I started it. I think I had seven girls my first year um, out. And at one point in time, I think I had 50, 58 girls out. So, but that becomes a challenge when you're the only guy. (laughs) Yeah. But um, we, we had the whole course, you know, we had the front end and the back end covered. So (laughs) girls, girls that finished last on JV and girls that finished first on varsity. So, I mean, we had a, wide variety but but uh that's just promoting a program and making it fun to be there because running isn't necessarily fun for everybody
0: (laughs) no uh no i ran cross country and you know i i I did have fun doing it you know but i totally like i get it like (laughs) yeah um what is it about osage that you know, the wrestling team's good the women's volleyball you know your your girls volleyball team made state you know the state tournament yeah. this year yeah um the football program's been been solid the baseball program this past summer had a pretty That's good, good yeah like
1: yeah I mean um right now we've got a we're we're flush with some really good athletes um and and we have been for a while you know this year that was volleyball seventh straight appearance the state tournament um you know they won it in twenty twenty the same as we did wrestling Um, you know, we got, they had a couple division one volleyball players on that team that are playing at UNI now they've, they've, uh, you know, we've, we've had some pretty good talent come through, um, you know, wrestling wise, you know, and we're sharing those kids. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, uh, you know, just keeping kids involved, you know, when you think of the numbers that we have out right now, and we don't have a lot of kids that aren't out for a sport or sports, um, you know, if you're thinking I have close to 50 kids, that's about a third of our boys out for wrestling in our student body. So when you start doing the math, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's pretty good numbers, pretty good involvement. Um, I think that helps your school as well. I think it it helps keeping kids involved, you know, keeps things, things positive. I think you have fewer issues, fewer outside issues. So Mm -hmm. we, we've got a good bunch. We've got a great administration right now. And, and, uh, our coaching staffs are are good in all sports obviously. And, and, uh, just got to keep moving forward. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. So, right. <laughs> how, how did you balance coaching cross country and, and, you know, wrestling and teaching and kids? I mean, th- that's a lot of balls to juggle.
1: Yeah. Um, it was tough. There were some years when I was in the national guard as well, where I was coaching three sports and, and then, leadership position in the national guard and whatever else. And so you still got a family of four at home. So, um, my wife's pretty patient. So mm-hmm. she's up with a lot, but, um, yeah, I don't know. You, uh, I will tell you this, maybe, maybe out of fault. Um, I probably coaching all three sports. I really love coaching all three sports, but coaching all three sports takes a little bit away from each one of those other sports time-wise. Um, not doing that now and coaching, just wrestling, I think, think, uh, probably I'm a, maybe a better, I'm probably a better wrestling coach because I have coached those other three, but, um, I have more time to dedicate to, uh, to the wrestling program at this point. Um, obviously you can't do much with wrestling in the fall anyway. So cross country really didn't get in the way, um, you know, summer's when you're gone wrestling a lot with with iowa usa or whatever else and your cross-country girls are supposed to be training three days a week or whatever else so we had conflicts but but i had good assistants that helped out with some of that stuff and would show up when i couldn't or when i was gone with this program or that program but Mm -hmm. um you dedicate a lot of time and it just it's just part of the deal if you're if you're wanting to coach and do it right You, Mm -hmm. you better be in for the long haul and put in the extra time so
0: So you said you were, you you were in the National Guard. Are you you're not in the National Guard anymore? No, I
1: retired in '09. I had 23 years in. So
0: So, and now, did you have to do rotating Saturdays?
1: I did every weekend. I I did one week, one weekend a month, just like everybody. And then in leadership positions that we were in, I did. There's some extra stuff, but two weeks out of the summer, I didn't do anything with Iowa USA when I was in the National Guard because it just didn't fit in the summers. Mm -hmm. You know, I was. Have to deal with training and things along that line. So but um I deployed once. I, I went to ended up on the border of e- Egypt and Israel for about six months. So
2: wow.
0: Yeah. But um uh, so how did that work with coaching and wrestling in particular, you know, if you're well, I was gone. Yeah.
1: Or the weekends. <laughs> yeah. Both when I was yeah. gone. My assistants that were here had to take over. So and it wasn't an easy situation for anybody just the way it was it's the way it worked out um so uh it it was a challenge just, I came back middle of the season so and that, that was hard too as far as how do you step back in are you still the guy in charge and you know and whatever else having somebody else been there for the last two months you know or whatever working with kids so but uh, we we made it work um but, but it was a challenge So, but, uh, um, I retired about six years after that from the guard, my kids were starting to come through boys were starting to come through middle school Mm -hmm. or whatever at that time. And, and, uh, felt that probably had, I stayed in past that, I probably would have been gone again, um, during some key times and family, you know, it's hard on family too. So, yeah. So,
0: and then what about, um, like rotating weekends, you know, one weekend, a month, I should say.
1: Yeah, um, really wasn't an issue except for wrestling seasons. So we really only talk in this December, January, February, right? Mm. Um, because it's usually the first weekend of every month that they drill. Um, but I would, I would make up that Saturday at a different time, and I would go on Sunday. So I'd go to the tournaments on Saturday and
2: with oh, okay.
1: and go to drill on Sunday.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay, so. that's that's nice that they there was some flexibility there, a little yeah. flexibility. Yeah, you know, so. um, yeah. Geez, you've you've <laughs> taken on, you've had a lot, you know, over the course of thirty five years, thirty plus years, or whatever in your life. Like, what? Ah, I don't even know where to begin. What? How do you like? Kind of? How have you been able to balance it all? I know you said your family. You know, like it's
1: it's pretty erratic. Um yeah. I had a I had a military commander at one point in time explain it as you you have all these tasks and you write them down in ping pong balls and you set them on top of a coffee <laughs> table and you shake that table and it's bouncing, and you gotta make sure the most important ones stay on the table and let the other ones fall off and pick them up later when you have time. And that's I kind of took that analogy and ran with it. So the things are the most important you make sure you, you uh, keep them in front of you and you, you focus on them and you try to pick up the pieces off the edge when you get a chance. So, so some things slide when you're that busy, but you try to do the best you can and, and focus on the important ones.
0: So Mm -hmm. now you have, you've alluded to, you have four kids, you have, you know, the boys Brady and Brock. Yeah. And then, so then do you have two girls?
1: I have two older girls. Yeah. Older girls. Yeah, they're older. Brittany's uh actually a school social worker here in Osage. Okay. She shared with a couple other schools. Um she's my oldest daughter. And then I have a daughter that's uh lives in Ankeny and has three kids. Oh nice. And, uh she's full time in the air guard down there. Okay. What which, which she works. So Brady's out in Knoxville, Tennessee. Right now he's in med school. Um so um obviously Brock went to the Air Force Academy and now he's was going to be in the air force so
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah
0: so, so there's Brittany, brady brock and what was Brooke. Brooke. why yeah. why all
1: b's why all b's i don't know my wife that wasn't my choice <laughs>
0: no kidding <laughs> yeah.
1: and then what, name.
0: what's what's your wife do?
1: uh my wife's an accountant by trade right okay. mm-hmm. so she works uh she works for a what's called the art of ed art of education university which is a local Something that was established locally. They are a uh, continuing ed okay. um college program for our teachers. Um a, a deal that was uh founded by an Osage wrestler of mine. Um All right. Derek, Derek Balsley and his wife. Um, and uh they have they are an accredited university, the first one in many, many years. They got it accredited and have people that work for them all over the United States. So she's mm-hmm. she's one of those. She's she does the accounting process and keeps the books, and helps with that. So
0: wow, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um you said Derek Balsley. Derek Ballsley, yeah. Derek Ballsley. Okay. That name rings a bell. Dustin's the one that I remember most. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Dustin um, would be the younger brother. So mm-hmm. Derek would have graduated in two thousand okay. and one. Okay. I think Dustin was oh seven, maybe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
2: somewhere in there. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, he was right around that time. So, you know, like I mentioned, I talked to Chet um, a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about um, just kind of special moments, you know, throughout his career. And one of them that stuck out was the 2006 duels, um, regional duel versus Osage mm-hmm. at Osage. Yeah. You know, even though you got the better of MFL, like he just, and everyone I talked to from Monona, like my brother was on that team, my dad was there, like, it was special, you know,
2: Yeah, it, 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 was, it was
1: loud. <laughs> yes. So when you very, were very sang, loud,
2: yes. so i almost you had sang. to do
1: this loud when you're on the floor. Yeah, it was bad. It was loud. I mean, um,
0: how, first off, you said that you're a quiet coach quieter. Mm-hmm. How do you coach in those moments when it is so loud? Cause I remember also a district tournament in Charles city where it was packed. Yeah. I think it was 2008. My brother's senior
1: when he wrestled there in Goodale
0: loud just couldn't hear anything so how do you coach when you can't
1: um in that duel against mfl i i didn't (laughs) 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 well you you can't the kids can't hear you you're standing out there in the edge you're mad trying to get them to hear you but it's dang loud you can't get your own crowd to be quiet so so you can coach your kid but but the energy uh energy that night was something pretty special you know we, we don't we've relived that a few times but but I don't know that I've ever been in a gym that was that loud. I mean, that was, that was, uh, that was something else. So um, crazy duel. And, and uh, luckily we came out, I ended up winning it that year. So, so like I said, that was first step in that, but uh, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: So yeah, you win the state duels that year and you've, you've won the state duels a couple of times. Yeah, but never could quite put the pieces together at 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 a team state. You know, a traditional. Um, how are those so? How can those be so different?
1: You know, um, times. You know, you can have. I'll give you. You know, Independence a good example. Last Uh, year, yeah, they walked away from state tournament with a half a point and and you know, only three state qualifiers and, and no place winners. And yet they beat us in a duel and we had seven place winners, you know, go figure we lost some tight matches in that duel that we were head in or should have won, but, but we didn't, um, dual tournaments, a different, different ball game. Um, I would tell you the difference between the team I have now and some of the teams I had then I had some really tough, tough kids in, but I, I would say very few of them were, were, kids that wrestled in the spring and summer to the same extent that these kids that I have now are doing, Um, you know, and, and that I think pays, pays big dividends. And uh, so we had some really tough, tough kids, but sometimes doing that extra stuff is the difference between winning a state title as an individual or being a finalist and being placed in seventh or eighth. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's just that little bit of extra time, a little bit of mad time and, and uh, learn a few more things. So, Mm -hmm. Um, so that's probably the difference
0: how do you get your kids like i mean I, what was it when you won in 2020 you had what seven just what seven qualifiers all together
1: no we, we didn't we only had five five okay five and they all they all placed or was it five or six um either way all but one all but one placed. right we had, mm-hmm. we had, a, we had a couple fifths a third and a and uh, a couple runner ups, so um, you know it was we won it realistically on the backside and with bonus points. Yeah. Uh, last year, had we had a had another bonus point somewhere, we would have won that one, but um, just didn't happen. But uh, mm. you know, we we scored more points this last year than we did the year we won it. That's you know, something quite, quite a bit, but you know it was just we didn't have enough bonus. So
0: two A has always been just so entertaining. <laughs> it really has always been, you know, aside from the early 2000s when it was Emmitsburg, you know, um, you know where they won it like five or six years or whatever. I mean, it's yeah. so, it seems like it's always been anyone's game. You think like West Delaware was the king of the crop, supposedly, a couple of years ago when you guys kind of
1: came out yeah. and surprised me. Did they, you surprise
0: uh, yourself that year?
2: Yeah. I, no,
1: I didn't surprise us on where we, what my kids did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was really West Delaware's at that time to win or lose. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, they had some bumps in the road and, and it kind of gave us an opportunity to jump in there. Um, I kind of figured my kids would. Now, now the difference is, is once they started smelling blood in the water, my kids weren't hesitating to, to fight for a fall here or there and, and not take the easy way. They were looking for bonus points. They knew it was the difference, you know, with us. Uh, winning it so mm-hmm. um you know so i look at it from that standpoint um I, I had i knew my kids could do what they accomplished actually I expected them to do a little better at a few spots, mm-hmm. <laughs> spots or <at> least hope, <laughs> hoping they'd do a little better at a few spots but but it didn't work out that way in, mm-hmm. in some cases but um you know it's it's rough not having two runner-ups and still winning the state tournament not having state champs but mm-hmm. And last year we get two state champs and <laughs> and you get second. So um, but uh still pretty cool, pretty cool for those kids to win titles. So
0: yeah, that's one thing that when you said you had a couple runner up, I was like, wow, no state champs. So that had to still be like yay, like it was exciting, but at the same time, you're also still kind of like sad.
1: Yeah, it's stung a little bit. That's the mix yeah. of my, that's the highs and lows of the state. <laughs> Happy for one kid and sad as I'll get out for the next. So um, that's that's probably the one of the hardest things with state wrestling, as far as a coach or or whatever the highs and lows and the emotions that come with it. But we keep coming back year after year for those mm-hmm. for those highs. <laughs> and they might be far and few between, but mm-hmm. we keep coming back and trying to live those. So
0: yeah, how do you? Speaking of highs and lows, you know, sometimes the low is how do you deal with like kids who quit or they come mid season and they're like, hey, Coach, I'm done. You know, talking to Chad, he said that was tough. That's always tough. It's still tough to this day when someone comes in or someone tells him to quit and he has to continue teaching for the rest of the day.
1: You yeah. Know? I I uh I'll be honest with you. Sometimes it's it's hard not to be almost resentful. Um, and that's 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 tough you gotta get over that and, and figure it out because you've 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 invested so much time in some of those kids and um and now they're quitting on you and you gotta learn to not take it personal and sometimes that can be really hard to not take it personal um you know whether it's about you or or not you you got to try to realize that it's not really about you it's it's where they're at um obviously you try to encourage them i might give a kid a few days off to think about it and then go back and revisit but but uh you know we've all had that as coaches kids that uh-huh. decide that they're done some of us comes from home you know it comes from a parent that's that uh gets on too much when they're coming home sometimes it's easier to not do something if all you're getting is negative feedback when you walk in the door at home so um really preach to our parents to try to be parents and let coaches be coaches and uh-huh. If they need to be yelled at We we, we, we uh, if they need it, you know, Um they should just put their arm around them and tell them I love them and tell them they wrestled, wrestled a great match, whether they did or not, and, and be supportive. So try to push that pretty hard. I don't know that it always happens, but, uh but I, I think it does help to talk about it at least.
0: How do you coach or coach? How do you communicate with the parents? Do you have like, Parent meetings? Do you like
1: uh, beginning of the year? We'll have a usually have a parent meeting. I know the last few years we haven't done that. I've done YouTube video. Mm-hmm. I just do a deal where I can send them the link and then get on and and watch it. um That'll have all our preseason stuff. Um, I don't hesitate to reach out to parents too and have conversations with them. I've been here long enough. I know mm-hmm. almost everybody pretty well and and uh, don't have a problem talking to them about their kid or, or what's going on. So. Um, you know, those one-on-one conversations can be pretty helpful. Mm -hmm. So,
0: yeah. Um, you know, we've alluded to it a couple of times or a few times, you know, it, you had, you were close so many times and finally got over the hump at team state title or traditional state title at 2020. Was there ever a time during the time before that, you know, like in the early season, um, of your career where you were getting close, but you couldn't quite get over the hump. Did you ever start to doubt yourself?
1: Oh yeah, Yeah. definitely. (laughs) Oh yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if you're ever going to get there, if you're ever going to have that team that can get it done. And, and um, you know, even in, I go back, Bob Kenny, now he works here in Osage, you know, he's from Osage originally, Mm -hmm. but he had some LHS teams. I go back to 2002 when Ben Strandberg moved into Emmitsburg his senior year and that kind of stole our state title because uh, he scored (laughs) enough points for him to, to bump him in front of us. You know, we, we played seven guys in the top five that year (gasps) and couldn't win it. So, uh, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty rough, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, you know? So uh, I wouldn't say I'm bitter about that, but, but it was definitely, you know, definitely a mountain that we needed to try to overcome in that tournament and we didn't get it done. So, um yeah you start to wonder if you're gonna you're gonna be here long enough for long term enough to to uh have enough numbers to be able to put something together and do that i I would say i probably didn't expect to win it in in 2000 uh and 20 um but 21 22 23 we thought we we'd have an opportunity and obviously we have you know we've gotten first second second in the last three state tournaments um So, and should have a good year this year and next year as well. So, uh, we'll see what, see how it all plays out. You got to keep everybody healthy and there's still a lot of rough to be done. So,
0: yeah. Um, was I going to say? You, you said you didn't expect to win, isn't that just, funny how that works you know you don't expect to win it and you probably just went into the state tournament going all right let's see how we can do with these guys with this group and then lo and behold you win it and like you have all these other teams like like you said seven in the top five like yeah just (laughs) funny how that just funny how that works yeah annoying just like angering that works, <laughs> but also that's why the
1: sport that's what is, makes it exciting i know like we keep coming back oh right? gosh yes don't know how it's gonna play out so
0: how um the sport one thing that's evolved over the, the years from the sport that i've noticed is uh singlets you know uh they're starting to become more stylish have you guys done anything with your singlets to make them a little more appealing or you know something we stands have
1: out? but yeah. we're still kind of traditionalist and like the basic stuff if i had my choice so we try to keep it pretty pretty much green and white and you can only do we did some sanglets with flames several years ago or whatever yeah yeah so i don't know (laughs) green devils you know flames you know pitchforks whatever (laughs) but we've kind of gone back to the basic basic look for the most part Mm -hmm. sanglet with either osage on the front and you know or devils or something along, the line, along that line so
0: yeah um when you are you able to compare that steam team state title to like when you won the duels i mean when you won the duels did you still feel like sort of empty cuz you didn't win the team state title or do you still just live in that moment where you're like hey uh,
1: the duels were a week after the the individual tournament back which then which we-
0: we need to go back to that, but that's yeah, a conversation they, for a different time. Yeah.
1: So they were a week after. So we'd already been through our letdown, <laughs> if mm-hmm. you want to call it that, for maybe not winning or not not doing what we expected to do those years. And then uh time you get to the dual tournament, you've tried to put on a different mindset and you're ready to go when you're trying to basically, uh, you know, overcome that loss and, and try to try to beat those teams that had beat you the week before so no that it was fun it's fun to go that was the last matches you wrestled the season so you left on that note so it was pretty good at that point in time um comparing wise I would tell you um my goal as a coach obviously you want to win both tournaments but has always the traditional tournament is always the granddaddy in my
2: Mm.
1: my opinion and and that's that's kind of where my uh, goal has been to try to get kids to the point where we could win that. So it was, mm-hmm. it was great to win it in twenty twenty. It was a lot mm-hmm. of fun, especially when it's you know we kind of you know I don't know that anybody expected us. I think we were ranked maybe third or fourth at the time. I, I can't remember, but but we just we just wrestled well and mm-hmm. uh, and our kids stepped up and and uh, we won some matches and we had a little help from a few other teams to boot and mm-hmm. and made a big difference. so
0: do you um, play any – you mentioned rankings. Do you play mental gymnastics with some of your kids at times? You know, because I'm sure they might pay attention to the rankings, or if they don't, do you kind of
1: – Yeah, rankings are great, but they're just uh, – and we discuss that, obviously, that they don't mean nothing at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I was teasing Nick Fox yesterday that, that uh, he's been beat the last two years – and sectionals in the finals, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. And uh, I said he's lucky this year; he didn't have to worry about getting beat at sectionals because we one.
2: not <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> so, funny. You know, yeah, he, it was funny. he was laughing. He, he he could smile about it now. He couldn't, right. he couldn't then very well, but yeah.
0: I forgot about that. No sectionals. Yeah, that's that's interesting. That's a change.
1: Uh, it's not my push for for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't like, I still don't, I didn't like the fact of having to beat the same kid two weeks in a row to get to the state tournament. Some cases you're wrestling that kid at their conference tournament. You're wrestling him. And then again at, at sectionals, then regional duels and then districts. Yeah. wow. see him at state tournament, all that's within about three weeks. So it's a lot of time wrestling the same kid It's tough to beat somebody good. If it's close that many times in a row. Mhm. Yeah. So. Yeah, true.
0: That'll be that'll make things how, how are the districts assignments? Have they kind of touched on that how that's going to work? Is it uh you know They're going to do
1: it? 8 teams and eight two teams. qualifiers. Okay,
0: 8 teams and two qualifiers.
1: Okay, so then there's eight districts. There's 12 districts. Oh, 12 districts. Okay. With eight teams. Okay. And two a. Okay. Yeah. 12, 12 districts. They they talked about doing just the opposite of that, and doing eight districts with twelve teams, and taking the top three. Oh, but instead of doing that, they're doing eight teams, top two, which gives you twenty-four qualifiers, and uh, then they'll seed the tournament. And first, uh, top eight seeds will have a bye first round.
0: Whoa! Okay, that's. I was wondering, because I'm like, twenty-four <laughs> kids. That's.
1: Yeah, it it's not 60. an even bracket, is it? <laughs> no. Wow. No. So the top top eight will have a bye. They'll still wrestle day one. They'll wrestle mm-hmm. two rounds day one, but everything will be on the front
2: side. Mm-hmm. So. Ooh. That will be interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's different. Yeah, In- different. You know, like,
0: because now some kid gets seated eighth, and they're like, my kid should be
1: seated eighth. I mean, it could yeah.
0: be. But I'm glad I don't have to make those decisions.
1: Yeah. <laughs> computerized. So. Oh, Went okay. Computer.
0: Yeah. Oh, there's a formula. That I yeah, there's right? a
1: formula. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They have okay. a formula set up. So it's not always right. But right. Uh, it's probably better than not seeing it at all in my book. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. yeah. How did you get into wrestling, you know, USA wrestling and doing all that?
1: Um, I did it a lot as a... Uh, kid myself obviously and so a lot of those people that were running things Mark Ryland and Jason Christensen and some of those guys were guys that I came through with in high school a. and then um, my kids were coming through and and wrestling in it so I started basically Obviously, I'm going to go follow them and I ended up coaching and I ended up um, being asked to coach certain teams and and then it kind of um, evolved into, hey, why don't you run for this position? We're going to do some changing. And so I ended up being junior director at that point in time. That's been about eight years ago. Um, so I kind of ran with it, and I voted in for another term here this last summer, so I get four more years. So
0: All right.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what, uh, aside from wrestling, you know, what else – what else do you like to do or you know what what do you do in your free time um, the, the little free time that you have obviously yeah
1: um i own a i own a laser engraving business which is kind of a side gig that i do um you know making the engraving cups and plaques and whatever else that's kind of something i do on the side i i uh i like i like to play golf um, I don't get to play near as much as i'd like to the last last eight to ten years <laughs> but um I like golf. Other than that, um, I don't know. I, I obviously shop teacher. So I like to do some, some woodworking and some things along that like along that line. But, um, um, mm-hmm. I don't have as much time for that either, but, uh, mm-hmm. uh I would say wrestling's probably my hobby. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. What is it
1: about wrestling? my wife? <laughs>
0: yeah. what, what is it about wrestling, man, that just keeps you coming back?
1: Um, just addictive. Something I've, I, I got a lot out of and, and I think my kids got a lot out of it. Um, you know, and I, it's something that I'm good at. I I yeah. think, at, least, yeah. at least, yeah, something. So it's something I can contribute and, and put my efforts and time into. So I'm obviously not going to be a good basketball coach, <laughs> 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 you know, or whatever. So yeah. it's something that I can invest my time in and, and excel at and, and, uh, and encourage all kids to do that as far as find, find what their passion is and run with it. So that's what I've done. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, just from our conversation, I feel though, that if you were to be a basketball coach, <laughs> I bet you'd be pretty good. Yeah. You
1: know? uh, I don't know about that, but
0: <laughs> well, who would have thought you would have been a successful cross country coach?
1: Yeah, that's true too. You yeah. know? So yeah.
0: I just feel like you're just one of those people that if you probably do it, you're you'll it may take a little bit, but you'll find a way to be to be successful
1: yeah. a lot of coaching, and I say this it has to do with figuring kids out and how to get the best out of them. I don't know that it how do you motivate them you know how do you mm-hmm. keep them how do you build those relationships? the x's and o's and some of the other stuff will come in time, provided you've developed those and and uh you know any good coach already they, they know that that's that's mm-hmm. the key you
0: know so. yeah you you talked you just said you know about uh communicating and, and getting to know your your athletes or building those relationships um you know was there ever a time where maybe you felt that that was like challenging for a certain group of kids you know where you're like gosh i just feel like i'm not connecting the way i want to with these kids oh you
1: definitely know? yeah it has an all. yeah and and even like I said today, I wouldn't have forty five kids out if I didn't have the assistant coaches that I have because again, not all those kids relate well to me. I mean, they go through my practice and whatever, but I don't have that connection mm-hmm. with every kid but i've I've got an assistant somewhere in that room that does mm-hmm. you know, and that that talks to that kid after practice or or has those conversations and sees them in the hallway um you know, I have good connection with a lot of my kids, but but I would say just from a personality standpoint, not necessarily all of them. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: yeah. What have you learned over the course of your entire wrestling career, whether it be coaching or, or competing, you know, that a couple of things that stick out to you that, you know, are your will not change. These are the core values of my program or me as a person. You know, do you have a couple that just, do not change
1: um yeah i don't know i i uh i think i'm i'm willing to adapt it's realistically i think there's things that you need to give your kids or your athletes um on a yearly basis and and some of that's just expectations you got to have expectations of what what's expected of them you got to have you know you can't have a lot of gray area i think things do need to be black and white i think kids want rules they want those expectations we left at six in the morning and you're expected to be there and if you don't show up you're probably getting a phone call and if if, uh if you don't answer i'm probably calling your parents um to to get you out of bed or at least make sure you're not in the ditch somewhere right yeah yeah yeah. uh, yeah which which can happen but um you know we we're that's just the way it is and if those are the expectations of being in the wrestling program and um if you can't live by those then you're probably not going to be part of our program (laughs) but i think kids want that i think they want that structure and that guidance and and expectations and 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 then you just got to be super positive with them about what they're doing is it is good for them and and part of the team and whatever so um you know that's where I kind of stand. I, specifics, um, you know, obviously, again, attendance, being on time, and those things are all important. Mm-hmm. The rest of it, um, I'm willing to bend on some things, but uh, you know that they're going to be respectful and do those things that we would ex- expect the kids to kids, and uh, we have a little more leverage on them, maybe sometimes in a classroom teacher or principal if if they're out for our sports, so we need to do that to. Try to make them better young men and women. So,
0: yeah, um, you guys lift at six a.m.
1: Yeah, three days a week. We'll run for fifteen or twenty minutes in the morning, and then and then we'll do our our lift three days a week. So, right now our girls are actually practicing at five thirty. They go five thirty, five forty five to. So they're they're going early. We don't have the wrestling room space to for those numbers. So somebody has got to go in the morning and so somebody can go after school. So, so yeah, it's an early wow. morning. Yeah. So, but that's, that's part of the draw too. In reality, you know, it's not easy. Yeah. No, not everybody's going to do it. That's, that's my big preach. It's a lot easier to be at home eating your lucky charms at 7am <laughs> at, uh, in the morning <laughs> or 730 and roll into school at eight than it is to, get up at 5 30 and be here at, at six so
0: yeah is, so is that a hint that you do you eat lucky charms or something or no I
1: don't No, <laughs> I like them but I, yes. I, I I try to stay away from them I don't like
0: <laughs> um before I let you go one of the things I was we just kind of were talking about um 6 a.m lift I remember back in high school our um some sometimes our women's basketball program would have a morning workout a morning run or something and some of the teachers, I recall, weren't too keen on it because it made them, you know, by the time it was fifth period, sixth period, seventh period, they were just like zombies. You know, how have you navigated that avenue of maybe like teachers and classroom performance? And, you know, if you're getting them up and you're working them and they have two workouts a day and.
2: I mean.
1: Our kids have handled the two workouts a day. We've done that for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really have am had a problem with it. We preach sleep, though. I preach to my kids. They need to go to bed good time um, <clears throat> because sleep's important. They get to sleep those other two days, right? Obviously, most kids sleep on the bus when you're traveling uh, to and from. So, um, you know, we preach that. I Late in the year, we adjust a little bit. We might live two days a week instead of three and let them sleep in three days. Um, but, um, no, I we really haven't had an issue with them obviously class can be an issue for a lot of kids depending on the kid and where their strengths are. Um, so we have to deal with that. we have to stay on top of grades and keep kids eligible and have those conversations. If they're not passing a class and they need to go see a teacher, then they practice, at least the first part of practice. And they go hang out with a teacher for an hour until they get caught up and get done what they need to get done or retake a test or whatever school comes first. Mm -hmm. Uh, we preach that pretty hard that they've, they've got to keep the grades up and, and it's important that they're they're giving their best effort in class so mm-hmm. um, so we really never have had a issue I, i'm not saying kids don't get tired in class 6th hour after they've had lunch but uh, <laughs> um as we know wrestlers don't always eat lunch so <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> so uh but the, no they've we've done all right that way we really haven't had that problem that i'm aware of yeah have you incorporated
0: over the years more nutrition Oh, yeah. Uh, into the program.
1: Yeah. We, we, uh, we preach, we give a lot of ideas on ways to manage weight, um, and, and lean out, if you want to call it that, versus cutting weight. And I think that's things have changed so much in the last 25, 30 years <clears throat> on how to do things and do them right. Um, it's kids, kids are at a much better advantage today than they were back then on, on, uh, how to do things correctly and how to still eat and be able to compete. And, you know, and you just got to, you got to give them the tools to do that with and not every teenager listens obviously. And they make poor choices from time mm-hmm. to time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: eat that large pizza on Saturday night after a tournament <laughs>
2: instead
1: of <laughs> <not realizing laughs> they got to make weight on Tuesday. They might just want to eat a quarter of that pizza, a couple of slices would have done them, you know, whatever, but um, you know, they got to be disciplined. So I don't know. We don't, probably cut as much weight as we used to. I don't think, mm-hmm. um, the key then though, is you still got to preach healthy eating. And then obviously when we do, do cut a large amount of weight, when a kid does, it's usually to find a spot in a lineup, you know, where yeah. they wouldn't be in. Otherwise, um, we usually don't, don't condone a, a bunch of weight cutting like we used to. I think it's, it's defeating by the end of the year. It's hard. Kids get sick because of it. They're not healthy. Mm-hmm. They, they, uh, you know, it's, it's not good for them in class. You know, talk about getting tired, you know, in yeah. class. That's that's where a lot of that comes from. If they're not eating right and doing the things they need to do, then then they are just gonna struggle in class a little more. So Yeah. Did you cut a lot of weight? I did. Um, not my senior year. Yeah. I did uh I did my junior year, my sophomore year or some, but but um I learned after my junior year that <clears throat> I had a bad year. My I dislocated an elbow my junior year early in the season. Oof and then came back later and cut a lot of weight. And, uh, probably in hindsight, I, I had, a, we had a good kid that weight above me. Probably should, mm-hmm. I tried to go up two weights and we had a lot of discussions and I should have just went up to one twenty six um, where mm-hmm. I wrestled as a senior anyway, but, <clears throat> um, yeah. And I didn't do it right either. You know, we didn't have the knowledge. You know, you starve yourself for three days and, cut out your water and whatever else is just utter stupidity. You know, we have the practice where we don't, you know, I tell kids constantly, we don't cut any water until you're 24 hours out, you know, at that point. So you just need to make sure you're within certain amount by that time. And it's not through dehydration. That's the quickest way to, to, to get to failure, you know, when you're Mm -hmm. doing that on a constant basis.
0: Yeah. Um, Two things here, Coach, before I let you go. One is, um, how do you fight? You you just said there's a lot of information. We have a lot more access to information. But how do you know it's the right information? Or it's the information that you feel that you want your kids to, rather than just all this information, you know, and they pick and choose?
1: Yeah. Um, I've got some kids that are going, and they're going to a nutritionist down in Des Moines that's a pretty big deal right now for wrestlers that – um, does that i'm not saying that's the right way i'm I'm not real familiar with that other than <clears throat> i've talked to a few of them that that have gone down and they've gone through some some definite uh, training through that person trying to get the get the most and, and some high-level athletes are doing that right now so so they're following suit um you know i've done quite a bit of studying on nutrition i've got a, a local guy here in town that was a wrestler that's a chiropractor here in town that's um, very very knowledgeable on uh, nutrition and and uh, for for high level athletes and has done a lot of studies on it. Um, so between him and I and uh, a few others, probably I, I try to give the kids the best information I can. To and it seems to work what we've done with their kids. My my son was a my youngest son Brock was a, probably my first big test subject where I really we looked at the diet side of things and, and, uh, Brady wouldn't listen. So <laughs> it's that father son thing. You know? yeah. yeah. So, uh, but Brock listened and he, he went through that and he was eating six meals a day, of the, the, the right things. And, uh, they're small meat, you know, he's snacking, having mm-hmm. a snack before practice every day and, and whatever. And he was able to do, do pretty well, um, uh, with his weight and, and being lean and, mm-hmm. and, uh, at his best. So, um, we've, we've kind of gone off that model and a lot of that I pulled from Dr. Street, you know, but, uh, but you're right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of information. You could look a lot of different ways and a lot of people tell you a lot of different things, but, uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, um, the end of the day, you just got to burn more calories than you take in and, <laughs> and uh, yep. yeah, if we're working out a couple of times a day and you throw in maybe a run in the evening when it's in and a lot of times, I think you get down early in the year. Once you're down, I think it's as long as you're not overdoing cutting too much weight. I think you lean out, and you're, it's not too hard for those kids, especially if you're wrestling three times a week. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah. The last question I have for you is, you know, in 2021, obviously we've talked about it numerous times. Traditional title, um, I feel like it was one of those things where in the state of Iowa, a lot of people were pretty excited for you. Because they they kind of knew it was something that was just sort of was kind of missing from your resume, you know. D- did you have a lot of people reach out to you and congratulate you after winning that team title?
1: Oh yeah. Had a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people. And again I I uh, I agree with you. It's something that was missing from my resume and it had been missing from Osa's resume since nineteen eighties eighty one. So mm-hmm. um um, so it was, it was a big deal for our community. I think as much as anything, um, that we were able to bring a title home to Osage and, and it hadn't been done. So we've gotten second. I think now we're at maybe 13, 14 times
2: over oh the course God. of the program
1: <laughs> and, for, and first a whopping four times. So, um, but, um, yeah, we're, uh, we're the king of second place, but, uh, we're going to try to make sure we don't get another one this year. So, uh, <laughs> Be the goal, but no, it's we got a lot of people with a lot of support. Um, you know, you talked about Rick Caldwell earlier, um, great dude. I've learned a lot from him, you know, even after he retired from coaching, he was working down doing PWC stuff. And, and, uh, you know, my boys were coming through high school with them. I used him as a tool for my kids. You know, you're talking about that second coach, you know, he was the guy mm-hmm. that they, they'd go down and get those extra practices from, and, and, uh, he helped my kids out quite a bit. So, um, you know, I'm pretty thankful for him for that. And he's still a good friend, right? And, and, mm-hmm. uh, talked to him quite a bit, still off and on, and Eric come and, and, uh, yeah. Jason Christensen and a few others. So,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Was,
0: was there one or a couple people that reached out to you that, that surprised you or that, you know, may have brought a tear to your eye or that made you feel like, wow,
1: you know, um, you know, it, it uh, I don't know that there was anybody in particular. I would say like uh, the old the old coaches from Osage uh, reaching out, mm. the guys that coached here before me. You know, Bill Andrew was a Hall of Fame coach and and coached those '80s years when they they play second. They won in '81, but then they play second three years in a row. You know, um, you know him him reaching out. Uh, you know, we, we've a lot of people. You know, you get those yeah. your phone burns up when that happens, right? You get a lot of congratulations. <laughs> this deal. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. the uh, The only other time my phone phone got that many messages is when I was mad side at the NCAA's when uh, I was doing the video review for this first time they come out of the video review. So when Ramos was wrestling <laughs> Everybody thought I was making I don't know if they thought I was making the decision on I wasn't, I was just hitting play and rewind and play and rewind.
2: <laughs> everybody
1: that had my number, I got a text from my phone went dead while I was sitting there because everybody was blaming me for for Ramos getting beat. So anyway.
2: Oh
0: my gosh.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's funny, but <laughs>
0: just now I'll get to that thing. Okay, cool. Yes, I remember that match like it was yesterday. But man, that had to be just a cool feeling to be down there doing that, being asked to even be a part of the replay. And so but anyway, that's a whole nother, yeah. whole nother discussion. But um yeah, I want to thank you for sitting down, and taking the time here to chat with me and congratulations. I know I never formally congratulate you, so congratulations. Thank I know you. it's a couple of years later, but you have one hell of a program, you know, and second place. I know it's got to burn, but a lot of teams would probably give a lot for a second place, you know,
1: that's the deal. There's a lot of years I would have took second in a heartbeat and, you know, we didn't get it. So, mm-hmm. so
2: mm-hmm.
1: again, take what we can get and be happy with it, but I appreciate you having me on and, and uh, thank you. And yeah. Uh, look forward to hearing from you down the road. So.
0: Yeah, one of the most one of the most well-respected coaches in the whole state. You know, so it's it's been an honor. It's been cool. Um, so so yeah. Does that mean anything to you? You know, when people look at you, they go, "Wow, Coach Jennings!" Like, you know, that you're
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know that you're put on this pedestal it, a little bit. You know, just means I'm old. and, then, <laughs>
2: and
1: then too stubborn quit. So. <laughs>
0: well well, no but but really you know the accomplishments that you've had i hope you know at times you're able to sit down and give yourself some grace because it's it's hard but you've been able to do it and do it at a high level for a long time and it's what you're doing what you've done for the sport too also usa wrestling in the state of iowa you know freestyle like it's 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 amazing and we need it and we're i know everyone everyone's very appreciative
1: yeah, last couple of years have been pretty amazing on that front, you know, with Iowa, you know, accomplishing what we've accomplished at junior duels this year. Oh, and yeah. and uh, fun being a part of that and putting those teams together and and getting them to go. So I've, I've really enjoyed that part of it, um, you know, and, and uh, great for the kids, you know, that are doing it and, and putting in the extra time that they get the, the benefit of, of winning, you know, and, and uh, we all get together and do something together. And uh, it's not always easy to do with all the different clubs and all the different egos right. and all the different things going on. You know, some right? You know, when kids, when I say egos, I'm talking about kids. Sometimes, mm-hmm. as far as they don't want to share a spot or whatever, we got to get over that and and realize that uh, what's what's best for Iowa is taking all of our best kids there that we can put on that team and and winning it together. So,
0: yeah, another another whole other discussion. You know, like. <laughs> I can't imagine because obviously you're taking studs and you're going to have to make a decision who's going to wrestle where nobody wants to, when you're at that high of a level, you know, I just think of like the dream team in 92, that basketball team. Well, yeah, it was only five spots. So yeah, exactly. Anyway. um, The last question I have for you is I I released um, my guests. I introduced them with their walkout song. So if you had a, if you had a walkout song or a song that you'd like or one that you identify with, or maybe one that you play during practice that everyone hates, but you love, you know, do you have something like that that might.
1: Um, the only one I would say is, is we do monkey Roll Monday every Monday, monkey Roll Monday. Yeah, we do monkey rolls. Oh day. no! Yeah, or at least we try to. Kids, kids definitely do not remind us if we forget. <laughs> I would. not do either. monkey roll, and we do a, a journey song that we've done for years, and and uh, it's "Oh Sherry." <laughs> oh Sherry. Oh Sherry, and those kids hate that song. <laughs> <laughs> so once in a while we'll play it just just to uh send them into overdrive in the middle of the week and then they'll start worrying it's monday again so yeah i do no, we have fun i don't know anything 80s rock i will let the kids listen to all this new stuff they got to listen to my old old stuff nice
2: and, uh, yeah, yes, yeah.
1: So yes we go back and listen to all the the oldies they got I, I don't let them play all that other stuff so yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um now, just a curious question for me, Did they, did, did, were there ever times where like your, your boys came up to you and kind of asked you or talked to you on behalf of the team, kind of like where they're, the team was like, Hey, can you talk to your dad? Oh, no. you know, maybe you'll let no, us do that.
1: Yeah. No, um, my kids were, they were pretty, uh, um, they were pretty boisterous with me regardless. So it, <laughs> it wouldn't even be a deal. And they kind of and if they didn't agree with the kids on the team, they would have told them at that point that whatever they would they'd probably answered for me. But um they were pretty confident kids from that standpoint as far as telling their dad what they thought whenever they thought which was good. That's what made them tough, I guess, you know. Yeah, yeah they they didn't they didn't mind arguing with me. <laughs> um so It's amazing how much smarter I've gotten now that they're (laughs) out of college, you know, a lot wiser once they left high
2: school. So,
0: (laughs) Well, cool. Yeah. Again, thanks for sitting down. I know you have a lot of, obviously a lot on your plate. So just to take some time to sit and chat with me, pretty, pretty special. So I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Appreciate Uh, it. And uh, touch base later. And maybe uh, we can talk during the freestyle season or something on Iowa usa stuff that'd be kind of cool to talk about too and and like yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah because one of the um dave mcgee went to my high school so yeah you know he was on that team that won yeah and so I, yeah i just thought about it like you've won as many junior national duels as you have <laughs> traditional <laughs> state titles but yeah. hey whatever man winning whatever but, yeah you love to win so yeah sounds good Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Brent Jennings, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and my brand new Facebook page to hear more of my content. And again, don't forget to check out my new website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always... Be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Take care, and we'll see you next time.